0: one basic hip Welcome to the jazz session. I'm Jason Crane. This is the Rochester International Jazz Fest edition day 4. Man, it's hard to believe it's the 4th day already. It is flying by. Another interesting night tonight. You're going to hear a bit of Dan Hicks and the Hot Licks. You're going to hear a bit of Mamadou Diabaté, and then it is Midair Condo for the rest of the show, a band from Sweden. I didn't know what to expect, and it, it was it was wonderful. Uh, I'll tell you more about that in a few minutes. I'm trying to think if anything else interesting happened to me tonight. I met Rick Emmett tonight, who is in the Canadian Rock Hall of Fame. He was one of the founding members of the band Triumph. Dude, I can't lie, I actually don't really know Triumph very well. I know they existed, and that they were popular, and I, I don't know why. So uh, he was extremely nice, though. Very, very funny guy. Did some pretty good impressions. While we stood up in the green room looking at quite possibly the uh, the most disgusting color for some plumbing conduit I've ever seen. This was upstairs at the Harrow East. Also uh, traded war stories with uh, the front of house guy um, for Asia, among other bands. Uh, those of you who used to listen to the Jason Crane show might remember a, a review of an Asia concert that I did on that. Harry was kind enough to share a bunch of stories from the road, which were quite funny. And then, you know, it's like it is every night. It's like a big jazz family reunion. You go out there and you just see all these people you know. It's so much fun. Uh, I'm just having a lot of fun, kind of uh, reuniting with folks that you only see once a year. And it's it's just a nonstop party. And I'll tell you, I, I sound I never I seldom say anything critical about the jazz festival. It's not because I, there aren't critical things I could say. But what's the point, really? I mean, I guess there's some things you can do to improve it. I I don't see too much point in dragging that stuff out in the open. And I got to say, man, anything that can bring 100,000-plus people to downtown Rochester, (laughs) they'd have to really just start burning down stores or something downtown to uh, make me have a a serious issue with the jazz festival. So I'm pretty thrilled with the whole thing and uh, really, really glad to be able to podcast from it this year. Last year was the only year of the festival that I I didn't do any broadcasting of any kind. That was very strange for me because the first four years I broadcast every single day from the Festival Live. And uh this year now I'm podcasting again, so it's it's really great to be back on this scene. Also, I gotta tell you, I can't say enough about Will Yerman, who's a photographer for the DNC and is doing these excellent slideshows with audio and uh and his photos. He's a great photographer. We found out that we know a lot of people in common this evening while we were chatting, both waiting to interview Midair Condo. And I can't uh, urge you strongly enough to follow the links that are on the Jazz Session website, thejazzsession.com. At the uh, end of every post from the Jazz Festival, there's a link to other folks around town who are doing some of the same stuff that I'm doing and some other things that I'm not doing. And one of those is to Will Yerman's photo slideshows, so make sure you go check those out. Let's dig right in. Here's a bit from the big tent, the festival tent, which is uh, right across the street, kitty corner, from the Eastman Theater. I, I overheard as I walked into the tent a woman uh, turn to her friend and say, I listened to these guys when I was in college. And my guess was that she was in her late 40s, probably. It's Dan Hicks, and it's Hot
1: Licks. <laughs> Yeah 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 ma senna I'm gonna you dance I you it I'm to
0: And now I'm going to ask you just to take your brain and spin it 180 degrees because we're off to Mali. This was a show in Kilbourne Hall, the third time that Mamadou Diabate has been to Rochester in recent years. He was here for the Jazz Fest one or two years ago. And he was here, I found out, tonight. I wish I'd known when it happened, but he was here for a world music series that the Eastman School of Music put on. And he's back tonight with a new band Featuring bass, balafon, and percussion. I could only stay for one song because I had to MC a show and do an interview, but man, oh man, I love this guy. Love him, love him, love him. And I think if you hear this sound clip, you'll know why. <laughs> you. Mm-hmm. The rest of the show takes place in the Lutheran Church in downtown Rochester where Midair Condo performed tonight. While I was sitting there waiting for the show to start, I had a chance to talk to a few festival goers and here's what they had to say. So we're sitting here in the Lutheran church where the folks from Midair Condo are slowly awakening to the realization that the power in the US is on a different voltage from the power in Sweden. And I'm sitting here with uh, two very fine gentlemen, neither of whom has agreed to actually speak on the program, but I'm about to strong-arm the one on my left into doing it by uh, putting a mic in his face and asking him for his name and where he's from. Paul Blake from Greece. And Paul, uh, what have you seen at the festival so far that's really grabbed your ear? Oh, Fred
2: Hirsch. Just uh, spectacular last night. He was
0: terrific. He was playing with a trio? That I missed that show, unfortunately. Yeah, he was. And what about it really appealed to you?
2: He's just so... Articulate. I mean, he's sophisticated. He's just got a great sense of... It's, he's liquid. He's very liquid when he plays.
0: What do you think the Jazz Fest means to the city of Rochester?
2: Well, it's a lot of things. I mean, certainly you've got the rock groups that draw in a particular crowd, and you've got jazz, for, uh, and of course modern, as well as free, I guess, free jazz.
0: Have you been coming since year one? No, since year three. And uh, since you've been coming, have you, uh, have you seen kind of changes in the, the nature of the festival or the nature of the crowds or:
2: Well, I came on Sunday night and, and, it, and it was our Ratchy Saturday was the first night and I, I didn't I'd never seen a crowd like that before, so that was for the Los Lonely Boy Show? I, yes, I, I hope you're editing this <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm just going to edit myself out and repeat what everything you say. So uh, I guess my final question would be, what else is on your uh, your calendar for this evening? What other shows are you going to try and hit tonight?
2: Well, I'm really thinking more down the week. I, I picked up tickets for uh, uh, Trio Beyond, and uh, and then, of course, on Friday night, we've got uh, Madeline Peru and Dr. John, which I'm really looking forward to. So, Well,
0: thanks very, Thank very much. Thank you for allowing me to strong-arm you. <laughs>
3: I'm Karen McLaughlin and I've moved back to the Rochester area living in Northern California for the last 30 years.
0: And that wasn't Karen, that was the, uh, the band behind her that's trying desperately to get their sound ready. So is this, uh, did you say you're a newcomer to the festival because you've just moved back I guess? Yep.
3: Yes, I just moved back and saw that the festival was going on, came down Saturday night, saw Los Lonely Boys, I thought it was a blast. It's been a wonderful experience. I was here yesterday and saw a couple concerts. I'm here tonight. Tomorrow night I have tickets to see Jean-Luc Ponte. On Friday I have uh, Madeline and Dr. John. So every day I'm coming down between the free concerts and seeing the other artists. It's a wonderful representation of international talent coming here to Rochester, which is great.
0: And would you say you're a, a jazz fan, or are you, uh, have you been just attracted by the, the festival as a, an entity?
3: Um, I would say both. I like all types of music and um, just the variety of actually artists that you have. It's a wide cross-section. It's not um, kind of what traditional jazz that's new jazz and everything just to expand your mind. It's just opened up the city down here. It's wonderful. It's, it's worthwhile coming down, that's for sure.
0: And talk more about that opening up the city. Is it uh, after having been away for so long, it must be something to come back and see thousands and thousands of people walking around downtown on an, on an evening, a weeknight?
3: Oh, uh, Saturday night coming down here with the city, with the streets blocked off and seeing so many people down here, it was great. It was great. Um, if Bob Duffy and the other corporate sponsors helped make this happen... Bob Duffy has my vote, because this is the type of stuff to bring people down to the Rochester area.
0: Well, thank you very much. I'm really glad you agreed to talk.
3: See, you're welcome, very much.
0: And now it's midair Condo. You have to imagine that the sound you're hearing is being produced by two women with saxophone, flute, keyboards, sampling, effects boxes, computers, their voices... And behind them is an enormous video screen showing everything from a small toy unicorn in a puddle of water to two people floating on uh, kind of a pond to very blurry images of city lights going by and cityscapes. And this is what it sounded like. And now an interview with Lisa Nordström, one half of the band Midair Condo, and you'll also hear some more of their music throughout. And how did you how did you meet and decide to start making music
4: together? Well, we met in the music scene of Gothenburg, you can say. We were um, been playing a lot um, uh, before, and we we um, found out that we shared an urge to <laughs> develop more you know, go into using the electronics and try to use them as a part of your instrument and improvise with it and then we realized we had the same kind of, um, you know, vi- musical vision <laughs> to create those these soundscapes and worlds and, you know, be very open with the improvisation and just to you know, go through different genres but still make your own sound.
0: Because it's late, I didn't even start by asking your name, so will you tell us your name?
4: My name is Lisa (laughs) Nordström. Lisa Nordström.
0: And so did you start off as an instrumentalist on a traditional instrument? I saw you playing flute tonight. Is that what you started on when you were younger?
4: Yeah, I studied the flute at the conservatory and studied the classical flute for a long time, (laughs) but then I... uh, I realized I needed to, you know, move on. But it was, it was hard because it was, I was a trained flutist, so I needed to work a lot to find other ways to... Uh, and then I think the electronics have helped me a lot to be free to, to play whatever music I like.
0: Did you hear some other people's music that you thought, oh, that seems like an interesting experiment? How did you get the idea?
4: Yeah, ma- mainly because I listened a lot to electronic music, but I studied or played the the flute, and I was like, okay, I, I'm playing something that I don't listen to. I don't want to do that. I want right. to, I want to play the music onto here.
0: And so, then what was the what was the first step when you decided, okay, I'm gonna learn something about this? What did um, you do first?
4: We started with this loop pedals you saw us using the green mm-hmm. line six <laughs> we, yeah we've used them so much and uh, that was very good because you know you work with layers uh, to dub yourself in many layers and suddenly it's okay if you just play the flute you can be in <laughs> an orchestra by yourself <laughs> so they they were the start
0: of what you are doing is improvised in the moment and how much is composed ahead of time?
4: It's, it's improvisation right through, but we do have sketches that we know when we go into something, we know, okay, we kind of can do this, but everything's possible. And we allow ourselves to be free to do something completely different every time. So it's improvisation straight through in, in the idea.
0: Do you sometimes loop things that you don't intend to, I don't uh, have to see what happens?
4: All the time. That—that's the matter of chance is very important. <laughs> and I think because when you loop something, you, you know, when you hear it once, it can be not so nice. But suddenly when it comes back and you add some more sound, suddenly it's music. <laughs> suddenly it's taking you somewhere else.
0: So it was a little. it's a little hard to see from sitting down in the seats exactly what's up on the table that you're both on either side of. So there was a, at least one keyboard up there. Are there maybe two? Do you each have one? Uh, yeah. Okay. And then what else are you using? You're using some computers? Yeah. And what do you do with them?
4: Uh, we use them both as uh, uh, s- synthesizers, sim- synthesizers yep. the hardware, and then we use them as uh, a sampler. and um, as um, <laughs> I have to think, uh, I, I I do some 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 live something I didn't do it today, but then and then I also record, like, field recordings, and I work with them in the computer. And I have a library; you can use them in, instantly.
0: And then, uh, unfortunately, a piece that on the air people won't be able to see is the amazing video work that's behind you. Yeah. When did you start using that in your shift?
4: From the beginning.
0: And how did you decide to do that?
4: Um, I've been working quite a lot before with, um, you know, trying to make the concert more than people playing instruments. You know, just it's, it's an audiovisual experience. And if I could, I would like... You know, I want to do the whole scenography because when you listen to, to a performance, there is a scenography and there is light and there is sound and there is an env- environment and I, I want to use those things to, um, to create a whole experience for the audience. But when you're on tour, you realise it's you can't bring anything, you, you can't bring much. You know, you can't build a whole scenography for your concert, so you have to... We we decided to use the video and to use... You know, we're wearing dresses that we have designers making for us.
0: And so are you manipulating the video on stage as well, deciding when it comes on and what comes on? Is that improvised as well, or is it kind of predetermined? It,
4: it, It is, unfortunately, because I don't have eight arms. I wish I had, because then I would like to use live video a lot more, or we would like to, but um, it's not... Sometimes we do when we have the possibility in Sweden, but when we're on tour, it's usually not possible sure. to bring... A, so now it's like um, we can manipulate it a bit when it starts and stops, and but not much more than that. Wh- but I think also that creates something when you hear, when you see... It's a matter of chance again, that when you hear a sound and you see something to it, you make up your own you know, combination of them and it makes sense to you, even though it wasn't intended.
0: Yeah, there was a, a moment where there was a video of two people floating on little inflatable rafts, like in a pond or something. Yeah. And then the kind of music that was behind it is not the kind of music you would associate at all with that sunny you know, beach scene. And it just put that whole scene in a totally different, different place. It yeah. almost seemed... You know, it could seem ominous. It could seem suspenseful, you know, whatever the music kind of brings to it. It was really, really impressive. no way people can be prepared when they walk in to see you for what's actually going to happen. How do you find the crowd responses, generally? Like, you came to a this is a pretty straight-ahead jazz festival and people were on their feet at the end of the show. Does that Mm -hmm. usually seem to happen?
4: No. Yeah, I think it's both. Sometimes people... We always get people that really like it and then there are some people that just can't, you know, figure it out. we just like, you know. Right. I, I think... It's kind of sp- splitting. <laughs> people really like it or don't like it. Sure. I don't know. Maybe. Uh, but we usually get very good uh, reactions. I think I'm very glad for that. That people like to to listen to us.
0: <laughs> do you tour around Europe quite a bit? Mhm. Yeah. yeah. And how how much of the year do you spend uh, on traveling? Uh,
4: it's uh, it's quite a lot. Uh, this year we're focusing on. Uh, Making a new record and doing some other work for making music for TV and film and little things like that. Uh, But last year we were on tour almost all year, so we had like yeah a lot of shows, like 60 shows that year, and a lot of them abroad.
0: And you said tonight was your first performance in the United States? Yeah. So you came to Rochester, which is a strange first place to come. What did you think of this experience tonight? Did you did you enjoy it? Did you enjoy the crowds, the place? Oh
4: yes, really, really did. And it was an unusual crowd, both being a jazz audience coming to a jazz festival and being an American audience. You know, we 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 usually go in. We get to play at very different places because our music is kind of open, so different fields tend to think that, oh, you play our music. So we, we're playing at pop festivals or free jazz, you know, improv places or like jazz festival or cl- sometimes like new art media or new music festival. So it's so many different places. And the audiences are very different, but we try to... This is how we are, even though we're in a jazz festival. We have to present ourselves like like this, but the reactions are different. Yeah,
0: I imagine. Well, it was a pleasure to uh, have seen you tonight, and uh, I'm really glad that you came to Rochester for your first American stop, and thanks for taking the time to talk to us after the show. Thank you. And for day four of the Rochester International Jazz Festival, that's the Jazz Session, please visit the show's website at thejazzsession.com. Make sure you subscribe to the feed because it's, uh, it's not just these shows. There's also live audio blogging going on via cell phone from the festival. And then follow the links at the bottom of each post to hear and read and see other great pictures and reviews and commentary and podcasts from the folks over at Fretful Porpentine, Cup of Books, which has, I guess, been renamed Cup of Jazz this week, and also, of course, uh, Greg Bell's Jazz at Rochester. There's also a link to Will Yerman's slideshows and to the refrigerator, where there's a lot of great photos from the festival. I'll be back tomorrow. Who knows who we'll be talking to then? But until then, I know one thing, and that's that I'm Jason Crane. Thanks for listening. Bye. (laughs)